Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. As we get you set for the upcoming weekend for Duke men's hoops, the Blue Devils traveling to Charlottesville to take on the Virginia Cavaliers. Coming up on today's show, my good pal Kevin Connolly from Ball Durham is back with us once again to talk all things Duke hoops. Looking forward to that conversation. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be able to watch the show also each and every day on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube as we continue to grow that audience here with Locked on Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I am on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. So let's go ahead and bring on my good pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, I hope you're doing well this week, man. I'm good. How are you, JJ? Quite well. Can't complain, man. Other than some results we saw on Monday night for Duke men's basketball against Miami. Another week like a few weeks ago where you have this big, massive win on Saturday, and then all of a sudden you can't celebrate it for long because a quick game, quick turnaround on Monday. Duke goes from playing in Cameron to on the road, and the results are the same. This time, however, Duke gets absolutely walloped by Miami. Yeah, it it was predictable. I'll say that. Like You you could see it coming, Uh, and I think that's the thing with this team. They're they're inconsistent. Um, They're not as purely talented as other Duke teams we've seen in the past where they can roll out of bed and get a victory. Um, And I think you also have to give a a lot of credit to Miami because this is a Miami team that's really good. They're really talented. They went to the Elite Eight last year. Um, There's a chance they could have won that game and went to the Final Four. They return a lot of talent from that team a year ago, and they're they're old. This is a young Duke team against an old Miami team. And um, as much as you hate to say it, it was kind of a predictable outcome on Monday night. Yeah, you got to see Duke travel back to Durham after the game. Had a a day back in the gym yesterday, and they'll continue to get set this week uh, for the game coming up on Saturday against Virginia. Uh, It was fun having a conversation with Connor O'Neill on yesterday's program about how you structure a practice this week for such a young team in Duke. Is it appropriate to totally erase what happened on Monday night against Miami, because that's in the past. There's nothing to look back on, nothing positive there. Or should you utilize that tape, learn, and implement it moving forward? Where do you sit? I, I think you have to utilize it. Like, I'm not I'm not okay. one of those guys where it's like, bury the ball, forget <laughs> about the game, like, move on. No, I think you have to utilize it because – now, here's the thing. A lot of people talk about how it's a preview for the NCAA tournament. You, you got two games in – 36, 48 hours, give or take, um, and it, it prepares you for March. But I, I, I'm in that camp, but only slightly because in the NCAA tournament, you're not getting on a plane in between that day off and going from North Carolina to Miami. So so I, I think in retrospect, it's, it's partially true and partially not true um, because you don't have that whole travel aspect and you guess you get to recover a little bit more and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but no, you have to utilize the film because in theory, you are going to play games in a couple of weeks on back to back or maybe three, three straight days or in the NCAA tournament, you're going to play two games in a 48 hour period. So um, you do have to use the film and utilize that and continue to move forward. 
but yeah, just a, a disheartening performance, I think, is the best way to call it on Monday night. We'll see what Duke can do moving forward. A 22-point defeat. Uh, a couple of guys score in double figures for the Blue Devils, but we say double figures. It's 11 and 10 points and uh, 11 in the box score for the Blue Devils. Not an overly dominant offensive performance. And we've known the story all season long, Kevin. When this Duke team has struggled, it's been on the offensive end, and that's what's held them back. Well, yeah, and they, they were putrid from three-point range on Monday night against Miami. And, I mean – Again, I, I don't put a lot of the blame on John Shire because to me, like there was a game plan. Like it wasn't like he was he was the one out celebrating on Saturday night too after they beat <laughs> Carolina. Obviously the players did that, but like there was a game plan. That was a there was a clear conscious effort in those first eight minutes to get the ball inside with Derek Lively or Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, Ryan. Like there was an effort. Get the ball inside. We have the size advantage against Miami. And, and the players were just missing layups. Like, I, I think a lot of the blame for the way Monday night went goes on the players. I don't think they showed up to play. I don't think they were concentrated. I don't think they were focused um, because Duke knew what they wanted to do was get get the ball inside and, and make layups. And then once you get down by 12, 13, 14, 15, 19 points, you're looking for that 15-point play. And there is no 15-point play in basketball. And that's when you're falling in love with the three-point shot. And with this team, when they're not making – three-pointers, it can get ugly quickly, and that's what you saw. Yeah, you saw right out of the gates a 10-1 Miami lead, and it never got closer than that nine-point margin. Just uh, unbelievable, the dominant performance the Hurricanes had, who had get back on their mind as well, because they were beat by Duke and Cameron a few weeks prior, a two-point victory for the Blue Devils, 68-66. And then that's when Duke had a very similar turnaround. That was a Saturday game. On Monday, they go to Blacksburg. They play Virginia Tech. We're immediately terrified about the uh, injury suffered to Derek Whitehead. It appears as though his return is looming, and we'll see what that means for Duke basketball moving forward. Let's continue this conversation after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Ahead of the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, the number one app that you want to have at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's why, if you're new to FanDuel, they're better than every other sports book out there because of all these great features that makes betting on sports fun and easy. You take a look at the game, you can bet on the money line point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Every time you look at the props for Super Bowl, it just gets me so excited. What is the over-under on the national anthem? That's always something that we're debating, and you can find all those things at FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid all of your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com, your no sweat first bet available instantly ahead of the Super Bowl coming up between the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Let's continue this conversation very briefly here. It is, you know, the biggest week in America. Our country very much so adores the game of football. Coming up on Sunday, we've got the Super Bowl set to be played between Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you like, Kevin? 
asking me the tough questions now. I thought we were going to keep <laughs> the this. great game. I know. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, I, I think I, I'm, I am expecting a lot of points, which I think will be um, an enjoyable game. Uh, but I'm I'm going to roll with the Eagles. I think they have something special going on there in Philly. Yeah, it seems like they have had quite the year. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl experience. What a year they've had, minus Tyree Kill, uh, and able to get all the way back to the big. Well, that's why I'm so. I think points will be scored. We yes. all love touchdowns when it comes to the uh, to the Super Bowl. So I think we're going to be in for a good game, right? Yeah, absolutely. More, points, points, points make it. That <laughs> no one, yeah. no one wants, no one wants to see a 10-6 rock fight. Uh, gosh, no, we don't. We saw that 13 to 3 Patriots Rams Super Bowl a few seasons back and, and yeah. do not want to see something like that again. All right, uh, let's talk about Ball Durham. We talk all things Duke basketball. You've got a remarkable site there as well. People can go to their internet browser of choice, go to balldurham.com. What can they expect, Kevin? Well, we got a lot of stuff, Duke basketball, obviously. Um, got to give a shout out women's basketball inside the top 10 big win unbelievable over, yeah big win over the weekend against Notre Dame so we're on top of women's basketball as well um, football schedule just came out a couple of weeks ago um, a lot of things going on recruiting transfer portal wise um, when once basketball season winds down we'll have a lot more football coverage up there and then also NBA we're, we're rolling NBA Duke Duke guys uh, starring in the association so we kind of got it all covered uh, over at balldurham.com it's really fun to see. Check it out, ball underscore Durham on Twitter, and you're on Twitter at Kevin Connolly 24. Okay, so Duke plays Miami earlier in the week. They get dominated, lose by 22. Duke turned the basketball over 21 times. They gave up 16 offensive rebounds, resulting in 24 second chance points for the Hurricanes. And now they've got to find the best way to flush that away, move on to the next one while still learning from some of the mistakes that were set to be made. The positive that we've seen over the last few games is Derek Lively continues to emerge. Massive performance against North Carolina with 14 rebounds and eight block shots. Double-figure scoring against Miami earlier in the week. Had five more blocks, uh, which was crazy to see. His emergence has been awesome. Yeah, it really has been, and it's giving Duke that anchor defensively because Ryan Young can only do so much, and Kyle Filipowski isn't really a shot blocker. So I think with Derek Lively, if he can continue, and I think the most important thing he's doing is he's blocking these shots and staying out of foul trouble. Now, I know he picked up two fouls in the first half against Miami, and that put him on the bench um, for, for I think, the final five or four minutes of that first half. But against North Carolina, he did all those eight blocks, so I think he only had two total personal foul. So I think that's the biggest thing for him. It gives Duke that rim protector. It gives Duke that length inside. Um, and offensively, you're seeing him get a little more comfortable, but you're seeing um, a lot of those putback dunks and, and layups around the basket that are helping Duke in, in their cause, trying to find some form of offense. And, and offense, again, the name of the game, you got to score more points than the opponent. I mean, it's just simplified basketball, but that's where Duke has struggled so far this season. Inconsistent scoring outputs and efforts. A game like uh, the Miami one earlier in the week, Filipowski goes 4 of 12 from the floor, only scores 9 points. Lively hasn't given you as much scoring throughout the season, but they've, they've got to find some consistent scorer if Duke wants to have a big run in March. Well, good thing for Duke. It certainly doesn't get any easier because yeah, gosh, <laughs> arguably the best defense in the ACC and Virginia on the road. So uh, if they're having issues scoring now, I, I got bad news for them because it's not going to get any easier. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, Virginia is known for that defense, and we'll see what kind of a matchup that is coming up on Saturday. Do you want to talk about the guards 
for Duke as well. Looking at Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor last week, uh, as we mentioned on yesterday's program, those two guys combined for 69 total points and just 10 turnovers in two games against Miami. They combined for 13 points and 10 turnovers in one game. Those two guys also very important for what Duke wants to do moving forward because we've seen more Jalen Blake's minutes at the point with Derek Whitehead out, and it's become very clear, as some expected, the ball handling is not the most comfortable thing in the world for Mr. Blake's. No, it's not at all. And if you even want to clump uh, Jalen Blake's into that loop with uh, Tyrese Proctor and, and Jeremy Roach on Monday night, I think it was – 18 total points and 13 total turnovers for the three of them. So it wasn't, it certainly wasn't pretty. And, and Duke was just having like hard time dribbling the basketball to themselves. Like it, it was, it was kind of bizarre to see. Um, but yeah, speak specifically on Roach and Proctor. I mean, yeah, it, it comes down to them. I mean, they played very well since John Shire has figured this out of put Tyrese Proctor on the ball more often and Jeremy Roach off the ball. And you saw it there with, with that last stat about 69 points in two games and how it, it it's really worked. Um, and Monday night it came crashing down to earth in the most horrifying way possible. Um, but I, again, I think especially with Jeremy Roach's, his leadership is going to be what helps this Duke team go forward. You look at Saturday night against Carolina. I mean, Jeremy Roach in the final uh, five minutes of that game, really the entire game, he put Duke on his on his back and said, "All right, boys, hop on, let's let's go do this thing." Amen. Um, and Tyrese Proctor, I think. I think he might have gotten a little overwhelmed by the moment in those final seven, eight minutes. Um, and that's when you saw Jeremy Roach on the ball a little bit more. But still, in those first 35 minutes, Tyrese Proctor, I mean, he was doing whatever he wanted offensively with Caleb Love. Um, it was really impressive to see. Um, but again, again, I don't know if they, they were out partying too much and, and they were still trying to recover on Monday. But um, you look at the box score, like, oh, this guy might have played well. Nobody played well uh, on Monday night for Duke. Yeah, taking a look at what Duke was able to do against the Hurricanes, again, taking care of the basketball is what needs to improve moving forward in these games that are set to be played away from Cameron Indoor Stadium. It won't be as tough in the tournament, obviously, because you're not playing at home. We know how amazing that Duke basketball fanhood is and how well they travel to these venues away from Cameron Indoor Stadium, but it's still not the dominant performances that we've seen from Duke thus far playing away from Cameron. Let's get set to take our final timeout on today's program, and we'll wind down our conversation after this here on Locked On Blue Devils. Thanks so much for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen each and every day and first watch on YouTube. We're talking a lot about college basketball, which is why you need to make sure you check out our brand new podcast this season, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. I made a guest appearance on Locked On College Basketball earlier this week. Go check that one out as we talk John Shire's first season as a head coach for Duke, and much more. Plus, you can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. That's Locked On College Basketball. It is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, once again, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly from Ball Durham. Kevin, talking about Duke. We mentioned the challenge going on the road this week against Miami, or excuse me, against Virginia coming up on Saturday, uh, possibly expecting the return of Derek Whitehead, what can that mean for the Blue Devils? Well, it would mean a lot, especially against Virginia, where sometimes you have to score more in isolation sets. I think Derek Whitehead is arguably one of his best teams' isolation scorers. Now, it seemed like 
everything was pointing to return last Saturday against Carolina, but then on Friday had a setback, had some stiffness in his lower leg, and then couldn't play on Saturday, and the turnaround on Monday was just too quick. So now hopefully with five, six more days of rest and recovery and rehab, um, he's able to get on the floor on Saturday. And not only does it give Duke another score in an isolation set or a shooter and so on and so forth, it gives Duke another body. Because if you look at the bench scoring from when Derek Whitehead uh, got injured two weeks ago against Virginia Tech, it, it's been bad. It's like Ryan Young is the only quote-unquote offensive threat that Duke has coming off the bench in, in some of these victories. He's the only one that's really scoring off the bench. Now Jacob Grandison put in a couple buckets against, um, against North Carolina. But um, in that win against Wake Forest, I mean, the only player to score off the bench was Ryan Young. So, so regardless of who John Shire moves to the bench, I would imagine at least for the first couple games, it will be Derek Whitehead probably because he'll be on some type of minutes restriction. Um, it just gives – it lengthens the rotation a bit. And you've seen it with Kyle Filipowski. I mean, in the first five minutes uh, on Monday night against Miami, he looked gassed. Um, and, and that's what you're going to see when you start playing a lot of these games a little uh, more quickly. Yeah three games in three days in the ACC tournament, you would imagine, or or two games in three days in the NCAA tournament, you're going to need a little bit more of your bench, and Dariq Whitehead certainly is capable of that and uh, is going to be much needed. Really looking forward to his return and what it could mean for Duke moving forward throughout the rest of the season. So, uh, Kevin, as we wind down today, of course, folks are watching and listening to us here on our Wednesday edition of the program, February 8th, 2023. We find ourselves on the eve of the NBA trade deadline. I know that you keep up with Duke basketball coverage in regards to how our Blue Devils are faring at the next level. Fortunately for us, there are a million, it seems, Duke basketball players in the association. We've already seen one Blue Devil on the move this week. Pretty massive move with Kyrie Irving being traded from the Brooklyn Nets over to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they're in New York as well. Cam Reddish finds himself in the doghouse once again with Tom Thibodeau in the New York Knicks. Could he possibly be on the move? The Charlotte Hornets are not winning this season and don't want to win, it appears. Mason Plumley's got a big expiring deal possibly coming to an end. He could be moved later this week. I mean, it is a big week trying to keep track of those former Duke guys at the next level and who could be traded. Yeah, absolutely. I think Cam Reddish right now is the biggest one because, again, I don't know what he's done wrong in yeah. the, with the Knicks. Because no one does. <laughs> it, it feels like when he's out there, he produces and he, and he gives good minutes and he's scoring for this team. But um, I feel like that might be the biggest name that gets shipped off outside of Kyrie Irving, who already has been traded. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you see, like, maybe these little smaller deals here and there. You'll see a Blue Devils name pop up or whatever getting traded. But um, I would keep my eyes on Cam Reddish. Um, I, you've heard a couple of rumored destinations like the Lakers, the Clippers, um, Phoenix, Dallas. Dallas probably not since they just traded for Kyrie Irving. But um, I would keep my eye with Cam Reddish potentially uh, with the Lakers. That's yeah. just that's just something that I'm 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 mulling around and feeling. I could see it happening. We'll see if uh, if that takes place because yeah, we're just looking for the right opportunity for Cam Reddish. It was kind of up and down with Atlanta. Had a really big playoff series a few seasons ago. For the Hawks has been injured a good bit, which doesn't help. And then pairing him with RJ Barrett in New York, Duke fans absolutely love it. But sometimes the personalities between coach and player need to match up. And it appears as though we don't have that right now with Cam Reddish 
there in the uh, the New York Knicks. So all that coverage can be found at balldurham.com. You're the absolute best, Kevin. Really appreciate you stopping by and look forward to our chat next week, okay? Can't wait, JJ. Thanks. That's my good pal Kevin Connolly joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils as he does each and every week. And again, make sure you check out his coverage, balldurham.com. That's going to do it for today's show. Be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast feed, also on YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.